try not to meow loudly the entire time. Oh, he's a good boy. He wouldn't do that. He'll probably just jump up and sleep on the hat. Come on, George. So, hey, everyone. Welcome to episode five. It is a rainy Tuesday here in Nova Scotia. Cold and rainy. Yesterday, we got sunburns. You're, you have that rosy nose happening right now. Well, your face is pretty red, too. Yeah, that's because I'm blushing. Yeah. Yeah, I feel shy around you. Yeah. <laughs> but yesterday and the day before, we spent in your dad's camp. Yeah, dad has had his hunting camp in the little community of Roxbury, which is in the Annapolis Valley between Paradise and Lawrencetown, I guess-ish. But there's history there, and he's quite proud of his camp, as he should be, and it's a wild trek to get in there, but well worth it, I'd say. Yeah, we had a great time. We just kind of, I had a show on Saturday, Mm -hmm. and then that went pretty good down at the Evergreen Theater. That was a, a great time. Yeah, it's such a cute venue. And then we spent the next two nights in the middle of the woods with... With not much electricity. We did have a generator that you could turn on if you want it, but we, we only turned it on twice, I think, for about 10 minutes. So it's nice to step away from, from the world for a little bit. Yeah, it takes a few days or at least hours for us to decompress and separate from technology in the day-to-day busyness, but it's always good for the soul to have those nature retreats. And now we're back on a cold and wet day, and we're here to talk about making it. This feels like a broad topic. And and if I'm being honest, one that I'm not entirely prepared to talk about. So this is going to be very much just stream of consciousness for me. Well, that's that's okay. That's what we want. We just want to see what comes from the... The depths of your mind when you're when it's allowed to let loose. It's going to be really digging in today. I think we often ask ourselves or consider what success might look like. That's something that most of us have been asked before in our lives. But I don't know that I personally have that real clarity or tangible examples of what making it looks like in the arts or what success looks like in my life. But there's, there's no right or wrong answer is the no. the, the thing. And obviously there's people talk about making it probably more so in the arts with, with bands or even athletics um, more so than they would as whatever a teacher or a nurse, but they would have their definition of making it as well. I suppose. And it's possible that making it has nothing to do with your career as well. You think it's more a mindset? I think that for me at this phase of my life, that how I feel and how I think contributes more to my idea of quote unquote making it than achieving some level of XYZ tangible example of success. Okay, well let's let's get right into that and I want to hear from your perspective 
for you as a person who just left their job to be an artist, what is making it in your artistic career right now? Part of the reason I left my nine to five stable corporate job was that I didn't feel good anymore. And that means feel good about connected to the work I was doing, feel good mentally and emotionally, being kind of overtired and stressed at times, out of alignment with the work I was doing and the routine that I was doing that within. So it was really shining a light on how I was feeling each day, mind, body, spirit, that led to this big change. So I think now making it absolutely is more about feeling energized, feeling inspired, um, feeling creative and connected. So I'd like to maybe use this discussion as an opportunity to think about, okay, this is how you want to feel. What types of things do we need to do to achieve that end result of feeling? So for you, making it is 100% a feeling. I'd say 90%. But there are still, because one could argue that we've made it to some extent today like we're we're working artists we enjoy our lives day to day where we live and our cat and our families and friends and all of those things feel pretty wonderful so for the most part I feel good but I think that you need to find that sense of alignment and ease in order to achieve some of those tangible things that might lead to this idea of success or making it. Do you feel that way, like emotionally? Um, well, I think making it is a term that obviously I don't know where exactly where it originated, but it is fairly synonymous with musical careers. Like people talk about how this artist made it, this person didn't, and so in music, I think people have an idea of what they really want their careers to look like, and the goalposts may move from time to time, but I think that music is a one of the artistic endeavors that has kind of a a spot where people, on the outside at least, can say, oh, they made it kind of thing. And what does that spot look like to most, well, would you say? Well, I think to most, it's like, you have to be pretty huge. like Fame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, I think making it has changed a fair bit. When I, when I was younger, and when, when myself and my band all quit university, we had like incredibly lofty goals where we want to be as big as any band in the world. And every success that we had was just propelling us towards that that end goal of just being as big as we possibly could be. And that's kind of a youthful idealism, um, youthful ideals and kind of, I think everyone at 20 has these 
dreams that may be uh, bigger than they are as you as you get a little older. But when yeah, when we first started that band, we we wanted we wanted everything you could ever possibly achieve as a musician, and everything as in awards or travel. Like, what are some of those? examples of things that paint the picture of success or at least at that age well yeah tour the world have a tour bus um sell out arenas mm-hmm. um have a have a giant house i guess <laughs> and not that any of us were like all interested in um, material things but i think just a sign of how successful you're music has become and the more people that appreciate your music the why wider those successes can become so i think we had yeah some some crazy lofty dreams and that certainly has changed to some extent over time and the thing about an artistic career is that you can never really gets you can re- never really reach your full capacity because there is no limit like some obviously the rolling stones made it like on paper but i bet you in their eyes they think there's more they can do like yeah that's the bittersweet nature of being a creative person is that our brains don't often shut off so perhaps if you aspire to work in academia and you uh, get get tenure as a professor, that might look like making it in your eyes. Maybe the next level after that would be teaching at a particular university or, or something. But I imagine there there could be more of a ceiling in some traditional jobs. But in the arts, as soon as you accomplish one creative project, there are 25 more that you set your sights on. Yeah. And it's, I find it really hard to, to, as they say, stop and smell the roses. Like, because as soon as one thing happens, you're, you're wondering how you can take that to the next level. Is that feeling of achievement part of what the equation of making it looks like to you? Do you think that's why there's a little bit of that addiction well, I guess I never achieved all the things that I've wanted to, so I still feel that there is a need to to keep pushing it and and see see where it goes, but at the same time, it is it's hard to really let the moment sink in when they happen. Like I sh- certainly can enjoy like winning an award or I remember we wrote uh, we were commissioned by Hockey Nova Scotia to write essentially a a theme song for them. And we shot that music video on Long Pond, the birthplace of hockey in Windsor, Nova Scotia. And we got invited to the Metro Centre, the what's now Scotiabank Centre, the arena in Halifax, for the, uh, I think it was the call, University Hockey Championships and they were playing the video and song between periods. And we went and we were there with our management at the time. And 
I remember like just it playing and thinking like, oh, this is kind of cool, but I wish I was like playing in the arena, like a, a show in here. And I was just, I wasn't really that impressed by it. I was just kind of sat there kind of thinking, oh, is this kind of, is this cheesy? Like what? I don't know. I was just kind of looking around and seeing how people were reacting and, um, manager at the time said like picture yourself five years ago and you would die to have this opportunity really mm-hmm. now, like, that, that is true like that's an interesting example as well because if you look at people who achieve this kind of overnight success maybe it's american idol or something like that that can be a real detriment to your lifestyle and going back to how you feel And you see some of these people, be it overnight success or not, that once you reach that level of fame where you relinquish your privacy and perhaps your family becomes involved or they're in the media, paparazzi's hiding in your bushes, there's got to be some kind of detriment to your life at that point. There's got to be a tipping point where the pursuit becomes a risk. Oh, for sure. And I think a lot of it comes down to what your personality is like. Like, I think some personalities would be much more capable of being able to handle that. And probably a lot more personalities wouldn't be able to. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of people crack under that pressure and some people are amazing in it, I guess. But, is that the image that you had in mind when you were in your 20s, like you were saying earlier? Uh... I guess I never really pictured too much paparazzi. But, uh, <laughs> Growing up in Inverness. Um, but yeah, I just like, I don't know, pictured like playing, playing the Grammys and stuff like that and mm-hmm. just being recognized for sure. Like that's, I guess like most people who are dreamers in general, no matter what they're doing, they picture themselves at the, the highest level doing that. Like, when I when I played basketball, I, I remember when I was pretty young playing, like, I don't know, maybe just a teenager and picturing myself in the NBA and, like, hitting the game-winning shot at the buzzer and all that. I realized pretty soon I wasn't going to the NBA, but... <laughs> You're but, tall enough. Well, not fast enough, though. <laughs> um, But I, I think just having a... A creative mind probably allows you to have those have those dreams anyway. Let your your imagination run wild with those scenarios and and yeah, when you're working really hard at something and putting all your energy into it, you you believe that it is gonna work out for the best and you don't you don't think of every potential issue or problem or roadblock that could be in your way you're just you're just rolling with all the positive and and uh you as time passes and you realize how how difficult it is to to get to that level you're like i said your goalposts change and i think my my definition of making it is definitely different than it used to be um is that due to simply growing older or having a better understanding, 
perhaps of the industry itself and the impact that can have? I think both. Like you, you see the industry, the music industry, and how there's some incredibly famous people who aren't very talented and the opposite. Some of the most talented people you ever heard, no one's ever, mm-hmm. no one could say their name. And there's so many factors to come into it and where you're from and the people you meet along the way and the connections you have and the, the management who happened to be out at your show and liked you, the booking agent. There's just so many little factors and what you look like and where you grew up and how that influenced your, your sound. And it's just a kind of a, to get to that utmost level of notoriety, you just have to have a perfect storm going for you. We interviewed Lindsay Doyle last week and spoke quite a bit about her work in women's sports and used athletics as kind of a comparable to becoming a musician and the pursuit of that and maybe the rarity of climbing to that 1%. I wonder if those real high-level examples that we're all familiar with, we could all talk about the most current, relevant, famous pop stars and athletes. Unlike, I imagine most of us wouldn't be able to do the same thing with the most famous of carpenters or bankers or even painters for that matter. I'm a little bit more familiar with contemporary art just given that that's part of my my life and career, but famous musicians and famous athletes are known around the world. So does that add pressure to the picture in your mind of what it's supposed to look like? I don't think it adds adds pressure i think well now like my my image of making it is more just being able to live a a normal life and be make a normal salary and you know pay pay off our mortgage and car bills and yeah like i still wouldn't mind getting to a the highest level i can but it does it is it is just so challenging to get to the level of whatever uh but with that in mind what you've just said would you argue that you have made it now and you're content with where you're at if things stayed status quo from now till the end of time our time uh i would no i wouldn't feel like i made i don't think i ever will to be honest Good. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's just what I we said. We will live in complete unsatisfactory. Well, I get it. I'm not. Early I feel on, the same. So I said, I understand. like, the creative mind is always changing. Like, yeah, it's just. And uh, I've heard thousands of, well, maybe not thousands, but I heard lots of people in different interviews talk about how they got to a certain point and they just wanted a little bit more and wanted to make it a little more challenging and. You hear about people that win Oscars and Grammys and wake up utterly depressed the next day yeah. as well. When you have one ultimate goal, and I'm glad I don't have just one goal. Um, <laughs> when you have one goal, like winning that Oscar or Grammy or whatever that prize may be, apparently a, a very large percentage of them after they win are 
completely got it. So maybe making it is more about maintaining purpose. Yeah. Well, yeah, Ty- Tyson Fury is a pretty famous story. I don't know how many boxing fans listen to our podcasts, but he won the heavyweight championship off the world, and which is universally recognized around the world as the the most most famous fighter alive and he he won that and he just went into a tailspin just depression he almost committed suicide multiple times gained i don't know 150 pounds i think um he was just a complete disaster because he reached that point and he had nothing else in his life and yeah he almost committed suicide and he eventually one day turned it around, started training again, and now he's he's back on top, lost all that weight, won the championship back, and is like an amazing inspiration for, for people around the world. But that's that's scary to think that people accomplish these incredibly difficult goals and it becomes a, a burden, essentially. That's a good example to counter our thinking that this endless hamster wheel of ideas that we can sometimes see as a burden that we're carrying in that there is no end. But maybe that's a lovely gift so that if you have such a specific goal or end result, then what? You're kind of floating in this abyss after. Yeah. Maybe for us, it's more about really celebrating and paying attention to these milestones along the way. Yeah. And we've, we've been trying to do that just live in the moment more and we even picked out our a song we play uh, <laughs> a rod stewart song we're very embarrassing no uh, by ourselves no no we've never listened to rod stewart but i don't know why that song rod is... stewart was the first cassette tape i ever owned side note i guess you've listened to him. so he's yeah deep in my blood what is the song if you want my body and you think i'm sexy this is our celebration song (laughs) (laughs) we just put that on when something good happens and have a little dance yeah we think we're excellent dancers we are i I know we are yeah Yeah, excellent so we'll we'll make a video and then post that online to show people how good we we are we probably could make it as dancers uh yeah oh, easily yeah yeah <laughs> we'll let you guys be the the judge of that but i i think for me like the everything still feels like it's it's a grind like i'm just in the the trenches trying to trying to make things happen and i feel like just stepping out of those trenches and just having things come a little more easy and like make a little bit more money, not a ton more, but just, you know, a little bit more money have instead of me having to reach out to all these people more reaching out to me, like nothing crazy, but just to make, make the career feel less like a grind would be almost making it to me. I believe part of that is simply you deciding that that's how you want to feel and behave. And part of it is being in your own flow and alignment. And we know this because we have a fairly avid mindfulness practice. 
So that can look like our meditation and yoga that we do often or the books that we read or the gratitude practice that we have. But at its core, it's really just allowing in the same kinds of experiences and energy that we sit in on the day to day. So I I believe that if we're unsatisfied, for example, then that could be creating a barrier for things to feel more at ease, perhaps. Yeah, it's it's uh, easier said than done. Of course. <laughs> but it's it's actually quite simple. Yeah. We have all of the information and tools, and I it's more complicated than just sitting back and you're along for the ride. You have to take action and have output and ha- have effort in your life as well. But I think there's something to be said for just allowing the life that you're meant to have to happen with you and for you and to you perhaps. Yeah, that that that's a good way to look at it. It's just that a lot of things that you don't want to happen also come up along the way. Like having both of your cars break down in the same week? Yeah. Just things like that. For example. <laughs> but you're pretty new to just the strictly artist world and uh I uh I have that, I obviously am very positive about everything we do and believe in what we're doing, but I know that the bad things are going to happen. I'm I'm ready for them though. I'm ready to, yeah, for the, the two cars to break down and to walk 30 kilometers that day to get around. Um, so I just, I just know that those things are inevitable. Those things are inevitable no matter what job you're working though. Yeah, but it's a little different if you're you're a teacher, a nurse, whatever. Just you wanna... like the teacher and nurse. Well, examples. just everyone I know is a teacher or a nurse, <laughs> yeah, I guess. That's true. So, uh, <laughs> and the, I, they're great. Like I, I was in school to be a teacher at one point. Like my mother was a nurse. Like I like they're great professions, but there's just with our jobs, there's just so much more uncertainty. Like you. Once you get a job as a nurse or teacher or whatever it may be, things are, there's obviously uncertainty that comes up and challenges. And the the pros to that job is, or those types of jobs, is that things are more certain typically. You're getting your paycheck every two weeks. You know that you have this schedule. So there's those definitive things that you know are going to happen. With our job, the the cons of it are that we don't have those things. Like there's pros and cons of both, which are different. And depending on your, who you are and your lifestyle and what you value, like either you never which whichever one makes more sense to you is what what you should be doing. And you you just went through this. You had the stable job and the 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 paycheck every two weeks but ultimately that didn't make sense to you well and if you could borrow from each of those lifestyles i absolutely would create a hybrid of sorts of all the perks who wouldn't much like i mean you could say that for any aspect of your life i would choose a warmer climate but our house in that warmer climate just for another example but for me long term part of what 
making it looks like is having a sense of that stability, financial stability, really, and other kinds as well. But that was one of the things that really held me back from leaving the job I did was that that was a priority to me. At least I told myself it was for a long time. I felt, I guess I felt success from having a relatively high salary or consistent salary and status and those things. I I understood the appeal of that. But there were too many aspects otherwise that didn't align with who I wanted to be and where I wanted to go. So you're right. I'm I'm so brand new at this and maybe optimistic in that I'm in the honeymoon phase of feeling better because I'm leaving behind some of those emotions that that cause me anxiety and and sadness. And of course, they all have moments maybe next week and months to come and years to come for the rest of our lives that you have that uncertainty. So I, I think at this juncture, very early on in this big career change, part of my long-term success will be having that sense of ease because my foundation is stable again. Well, yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm saying about it not feeling as much like a grind like right you just wanted to just feel easier like and part of that is me putting the pressure on myself but i think just a combination of just evolving just a little bit more to have a few more successes in all the things i do plus just having the mindset of being a little more happy with the accomplishments I am achieving at the time and living living in those moments. Could you give me, say, three or four examples of things that may either happen to you or belong to your day-to-day, whatever it looks like for you, that applies to your concept of making it? Like, I want this much money in my bank account, or I want to live in this particular country, or whatever that means to you. I'd like to just not ever have to think about money. And that that sounds like I want a billion dollars, which, sure, if I could get it, I would. But, and we're, we're doing pretty good. We're, we're surviving. We're, we're paying our bills and all that, but... You know, yeah, I, I'd like to just make sure, like, I got enough gigs coming. Like, we're selling enough books. We're we're doing all these things enough that that money's gonna be rolling in. Like, just more consistency with it, because can have one amazing month off, ton of gigs, ton of sales, ton of everything, and then the next one is like, ah, mm-hmm. good thing last month was good. And that's that's fine, and that that's kind of how I've always lived. And but in terms of yeah, just taking it to the next level, it's more just creating a little bit more consistency. And yeah, like you said, blending the the outcomes off a more classic nine to five job with what we do. Mm-hmm. But that's I think that's what everyone would would want as an artist. It's just to to get to that point and. And make it work. Is there a particular award that you've had your eye on or that would be meaningful? Of course, they're all nice. 
But is there something, say, as a kid you've always dreamt of or when you started this career? Uh, well, I guess at one point I thought of a Grammy, but now I'm, I've realized that Grammys are like pretty much impossible for... You have to be just... The, the Grammys go to people who sell the most records in a year, which are ultimately pop stars on the biggest labels. And I know I'm not going to be that, which is perfectly fine. But I would like to win a Juno. Mm -hmm. Like that's the, the biggest award in Canada. And just to be recognized nationally on that scale would certainly be incredibly meaningful. Yeah, that's a good one. And that's... A lot, a lot of these ones are like the bigger ones are like about sales, which is unfortunate. Is there a particular venue you'd like to play at? Uh, <laughs> I, I'd like to play in arena. Like I have played arenas in different capacities, but not like an arena where everyone is there to see me. Yeah. Like I've played uh, 30,000 people before, but it wasn't, we sold 30,000 tickets. It was kind of, uh, we happened to be playing for 30,000 people. Um, the moment may be fleeting, but even a small venue like we were in this weekend at the Evergreen Theater that at best would hold, what, 150 people? I'm guessing not even, not even 100. But having people sing along to your music word by word of lyrics that you wrote and being part of that energy, however big or small the crowd is, I imagine that feeling has to contribute to your, your feeling of success. Yeah. And that's kind of why I didn't, don't have an answer anymore to that question. Yeah. What's a venue we'd like to play? Because I don't, I'm not looking at that to be an example of me making it. Like yeah. Having, Having a consistent audience who cares about my music and about what I'm doing and is willing to pay $30 to come see me and willing to buy an album and a t-shirt and a hat and like having those people all around in different places is, is ultimately making it like if I can survive off my, my art, like that, that is making it and Again, just making it a little bit easier and just a little bit more comfortable than feeling like you have to fight for everything. And again, that might be just my mindset. And maybe if I had a million dollars in the bank, I'd still be feel that way. And and it's probably a good thing and a bad thing because it's the reason I got here is because I felt like I had to fight for everything. Yeah, it's so true. When you're driven people and... I would say semi-recovering perfectionists, <laughs> maybe not fully recovered, but oh, definitely not recovered. You're right. Those are the th those are the things that perhaps cause some anguish uh, emotionally, but they're also what has led us to the success that we've had so far. You have to have some drive within you maybe our approach is a little bit extreme at times. Well, when you're taking on all the tasks yourself, you, you have to have that. You, you can have great success if you have people working for you to do those things. Like 
And just focus on the thing that you are best at or most interests you. Yeah. But when you're an all-encompassing artist, you're doing the, the business side of things, you're doing every every aspect of it all, you're, it's, you don't have the, the luxury to, to frig around <laughs> ever, really. You have to be all in on everything. Today's episode is sponsored by Forget Me Not Hair Studio. Forget Me Not is a private salon suite with a positive vibe and a safe space to be who you are. Since launching in 2018, owner Stephanie Smiley has been serving women for all of their hair care needs. Forget Me Not carries a wide range of products, including those from Design Me, Verb, and Kenra. Not only is Steph a talented master stylist with 14 years experience, but she also excels in making her clients feel comfortable and confident. With a background in mindfulness training, she encourages people to release limiting beliefs and find joy in their lives through radical self-acceptance. Her entrepreneurial spirit shines as she supports so many local businesses through positive encouragement. She's a perfect example of someone who has followed a dream and achieved success. Follow Steph at Forget Me Not Hair Studio on Instagram and Facebook and book your hair refresh appointment today. I'm finding at this stage being, I, I've been an artist for a number of years now. Yeah. I've been running a business, so I'm certainly not starting from scratch, but it, it has been part time and on the side and disjointed at times and big gaps. I'm finding now all of these new experiences feel so exciting and successful, I suppose, or on the road too. And last year, I won the Coast's Best Visual Ooh. Artist, which is an award that you have won probably many times as the Town Heroes. And it, it's one of those local recognitions. And for painters, we don't get a lot of those opportunities, at least not the same as you would in music. But it's those small wins that maybe because it's the first time I've had that kind of recognition or um, it's it's unique to me in this dreamy path that I'm taking and that's what makes it more meaningful but there, I'm experiencing a lot of firsts and I find that always rewarding maybe in any career but those uh those little moments your first show the first time I was in a magazine the first time I was interviewed on the news and again these are all things that you are w much more familiar with but does the luster of that where and you're always looking for that next bigger thing or are those opportunities always great oh they're always great but they're not as good as the first time i yeah. guess it it does that makes sense yeah it's just like playing your first show ever or having your first art show ever is it might not be the best show you ever have but you're gonna have an energy and experience and all these variables that you didn't consider come up and there's nothing gonna ever be like that again uh so i, I think the same thing for winning an award or just any accomplishment is the very first time you do it you're you have you don't know how you're gonna react you don't know what that feeling is gonna be like and 
afterwards, maybe you, you win something that's even more meaningful, but it just doesn't compare to that first time because of all those variables you weren't expecting. Because the next time you are expecting them. Yeah, that could be. Like, it makes sense to expect even that that could be how you feel. But it's also what motivates me to continue coming up with new ideas and projects and maybe why I like collaborating with other artists so much is that you're constantly having that new experience. Yeah. And we're avid travelers. Those of you who have read our book would know this. We've It's a whole book about travels and misadventures we've had. And part of why we like that, or at least I like that, is having that new experience every time. It, it lights you up in a new way. Yeah, the, the newness is just what you can step away from what you what you're used to every day and just feel feel alive in that way that you maybe can't in your in your own house in your own surroundings in your own your own life that makes it sound like your own life's miserable but <laughs> how does serving others or involving others factor into your path of making it well everything that i create is for others mm-hmm. i heard i heard someone a long time ago say that it's an artist's responsibility to make sense of our emotions mm. i've always taken that to heart and felt like it's my job to create something that people can relate to I imagine that factors into the art is reflective of life or life is reflective of art. Oh, definitely. And for me, I've, and I, I've always felt like it's my responsibility to be, be aware of the moments that are happening around me because there might be a potential opportunity to capture something like and it's it's a good thing and also a bad thing because you're you're never completely in the moment because you're also trying to capture it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like I've always had a notebook with me. Like when we're traveling, I, something happens, I'm like, oh, I got to write down. This is a good idea, or this is a great character for a for a book, or this can go into a song, and. And that's just just who I am. Like I want to capture those ideas, and because I do, I enjoy doing that. But it also it, fe- it feels like it is partially my responsibility to do that. Because if I want to create relatable art for people, I need to have my antennas up to to capture these these things that are floating around and these experiences that that I'm put in front of or they're put in front of me and for me I yeah I feel like others without other people I couldn't exist at all I can't make a career as a musician playing songs for myself or writing words for other people or that's it's just I need I need these other people to to do all this We talked a little bit about this recently. We were interviewed by Nancy Regan. That's cool. She is just an angel. Uh, So Mike and I were invited to be interviewed by Nancy on her podcast, 
Canadian Love Stories. Canadian Love Map. Canadian Love Map, sorry. Uh, so that episode will be out this Friday, we we think. Um, it's coming up soon. But we had a similar conversation about essentially being a creative person or, or, or really having a, a career that might be outside of the box in the ways that we're serving people. And we talked then that you're almost faced with the decision of accepting this simply is part of the artist's job or responsibility is to, like you were saying, communicate back what the, how the world is behaving or communicate back our observations. And I know for me, for so long, I kind of butted up against that thinking I was supposed to follow the path that we're taught to follow and eventually simply had to accept that this is not a burden that has been placed on me. It can feel difficult and uncomfortable at times to be a creative person for lots of reasons that we've talked about. But eventually you choose to embrace it. And yeah. I think honoring that gift really is part of what our success stories need to look like. Yeah. And in, in me saying that uh, it's my responsibility to, to do this, like I also absolutely love doing that. Like I love capturing the moment and looking for those, those little things that happen in life that just like other people might miss, but if I give it back to people in a little more of a relatable way, they can really lean into it. We may not have set out with that very intention in making this podcast, but I have found that whether we meant to or not, we are really sharing some of these truths and stories that your everyday citizen may not have thought about or had access to simply by sharing our life and our our real circumstances and being transparent about the decision making or the challenges of an artist's life or following a dream it, it's gritty it's it's hard it's scary it's all of those things but it's also very beautiful and creates community and how many people have we had reach out over the past month since launching this podcast just saying yeah. like, thank you for offering some perspective on something I was going through that I felt really lonely about. And I myself felt lonely going through this recent job change and am now realizing simply by talking about it in this creative form that there are so many others going through the same thing that are grateful for us just putting it out there. And that's that's what being a creative person in the end is, is just putting yourself out there. And you're doing it through through painting, through your, your capturing your idea on canvas and through writing. I'm doing it through music and writing. Like at the end of the day, everyone is just putting themselves out there and trying to find people that can relate to it and maybe find some type of joy in it and yeah this this podcast has been has been doing that for us and what do you what do you think making it with this podcast would be 
We're so new at this. I, I don't yet have a great understanding of even what this world could be, but I certainly know of other podcasters who I follow that have have monetized on it. I, I mean, that's a great opportunity that perhaps we'll, we'll reach one day. And I see it as a way to talk about the other art forms that we do in our career. So music and painting and writing and these adventures we're on. What I've truly enjoyed about it so far has been what I was just talking about in the relatability that people have expressed. But two other things is our, we've only had one guest interview so far. We have a number lined up to come. And I, I love the idea of offering profile to others that may not have had that opportunity otherwise. And we benefit from that as artists and just sharing some of those similarities and collaborations, but it, it then offers a stage for other people who are on the pursuit of their dream to talk about what that looks like for them. And so it creates a little bit of this community that th that is success alone. I think having some type of mechanism to bring people together and also what we're doing, our listeners may have noticed is we're enlisting sponsorships through local businesses in our community, which has always been important to us to support local in part because we too are local businesses, but there's just so much raw talent and kindness right here in, in Halifax. And one day I hope that will expand what that sponsorship looks like, but that too has been an extension of the essence of what we're talking about. So my answer would be one million downloads. Okay, well, I'm more <laughs> long-winded than you. <laughs> no, I, I like your answer too. But what does one million d downloads mean? Or I don't know. I okay. just picked uh, a random number. Yeah, well, we're over a thousand yeah, now, we're, so we're getting there. We're cooking with <laughs> gas. Yeah, I think this is such a natural space for us to occupy unknowingly, but we like to talk. We like to, artists are communicators. This is just a different way of doing that. Yeah. And we're, we're not just going to interview artists too. We want to talk to business owners, to people in sports, people, people who just follow the dream in any capacity. And you could be a teacher or a nurse and, <laughs> how uh, that dream became your life. Like we just want, we want to have people who put themselves out there in the way that made sense to them and just see, see people's mindsets who, who've gone that way. I'd like as well, if the opportunity comes up, I, I expect it will organically, but to speak with somebody maybe that has, pursued a dream and it ended up not what they thought it might look like. I don't want to use the word failure because often it's just a redirection, but I'll be curious if any of those guests have that experience. Like I, I set out on this path, I was fired up and positive and had these specific goals mapped out and their life ended up completely different. If that's you out there in podcast land, shoot us a message. Uh, Mike and Kristen creative at gmail.com. We'd, we would love to chat. Yeah. So, uh, so ultimately making it for you in a, 
in a short, short answer, uh, <laughs> as an artist, what, what does it mean? I want to tell stories. I want to feel like I have financial stability and consistency. I want a life that I can travel through the winter away from the freezingness of Nova Scotia. And I would like to continue writing and podcasting and exploring other expressions. And I think this will evolve, like more to come. Definitely more to come. Yeah. And maybe that's an exercise back to our mindset stuff, like being super clear and specific about how you imagine your future or a goal, because from what I understand, you're more likely to get those things if you know exactly what it looks like. That's what, uh, what do they call vision boards are for, isn't it? Yeah, we'll have to, we've done those before. Well, we can start chopping some pieces out of a magazine to to bring it all together. Bring your, your vision of making it to life mm-hmm. with pictures from the New Yorker and what other magazines do we have? I have the New Yorker subscription and... You visual- don't have it anymore. Well, no, but I have 500 New Yorkers. That you never read that, yet. That are from my past. <laughs> Some I have. Yeah. And... Visual no. Arts Nova Scotia. I subscribe to that. There we go. So we're going to have to look for pictures. Art and New York. Doesn't sound like a bad vision board. Well, let's do it. Yeah. Arts and crafts tonight by the fire. And uh, for me, I guess to, to answer the question I asked you, um, making it is along the same lines as you now. It's just, just feeling feeling more secure with with everything like just comfortable more at ease and i don't know if that's a more mindset thing or it's just taking it up a little bit of a notch but we'll follow up in maybe six months yeah we'll see if we've made it in six months (laughs) well we will have made it somewhere we will have made it to columbia and back yeah, we're heading off to a writing residency for a month on May 8th, which we are damn excited about. We're going to start writing our second book. Yeah, this is going to be such a great opportunity for space and expansion and peace and solitude. So we'll keep you posted on that. Thanks so much for tuning in, buds. Um, you can check out the show notes. We have uh, links to our book if you want to get a copy of that. Our audiobook, we'll put a link for that as well. Uh, my band, Kristen's art page, whatever you want to check out. It's all going to be in the notes there. And let's catch you soon. We're going to have some uh, more guest interviews coming up. And anything else, Kristen? Just to say that we hope that you feel you're making it out there. Yeah, we we believe in you. Just do, do what you got to do. and uh, One day at a time. One foot in front of the other and one step at a time. Just do it. Just do it. That's our motto (laughs) that we came up with all on our own. We should try to make a logo for that too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, buds. Thanks a million. 